when I get to a job, my station officer will turn and go, I need you in breathing apparatus. And my job is now to go over, put my breathing apparatus on over my gear, make sure my skin's protected, make sure ready to go. And by that stage, I'll turn to start walking towards him and he will say, I need you in on a left-hand search. You're going to extinguish the fire, do this, this. So I know I need my tick, my thermal imaging camera to get in there. Because like you said before, you can't actually see through the smoke. So the left-hand search means that I'm walking into the building with my hand on the left wall, wiping it up and down basically to find any door handles in case there's a room hidden to the left. I've got the other hand in front of my face wiping up and down to make sure that I'm not walking into anything. My foot sliding around to make sure the floor hasn't given way and also to see if there's anyone on the floor. And we've also got a hose. I'm dragging a hose along because I need to be able to put the fire out if I find it. So because there are so many jobs given to me and my mind is racing trying to make sure I'm ticking all these boxes, you don't There's think? like no room There's for There's no fear. room for fear. <laughs> Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Hello, beautiful people. Gosh, it's been such a crazy start to the year. Thank you all so much to everyone around the world who participated in Samantha and Nick's relief run over the weekend. There were over 18,500 of us running in almost 200 countries, and we raised over a million dollars for the Red Cross Disaster Relief and Recovery Fund. Special thanks to those of you who joined our Seize the Yay community runs. This Yeaverhood continues to just blow me away with your generosity and spirit. This episode worked out with such perfect timing. I'm delighted to have our dear friend and legend Cam Cranley on the show to talk about his career as a firefighter. We've been trying to tee this up for months and months, but it worked out to align with a time when our interest in understanding the role of fireys is more relevant than ever. I thought it would be good to get some background understanding on what our firefighters have been facing during these terrible bushfires, especially because we often take the emergency services for granted until we need them most. And of course, we covered both the serious and the more lighthearted, including Cam's moment to shine as Mr. May in the annual Firefighters calendar, and of course, season two of The Bachelorette alongside former CZA guests, Georgia Love and Lee Elliott. Cam is basically a human Labrador, as you'll hear, and is one of the few people in the world who talks as fast as I do, so I hope you enjoy as much as I did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot. There's no video, so you guys don't understand why we just cracked up laughing, but we just had these big goofy smiles at each other, which is kind of what I love about you, Cam. You're just a Labrador. Oh, a goof. We call, we, yeah, we refer to you. Nick's in the corner. Like We refer to Cam as a as a Labrador because he's just happy and excitable That's and amazing Paul's my best time. friend. Paul is your best friend. <laughs> so I'm so excited for today's episode. We've been trying to make this happen for... Oh. Ages, months, and ages months, and yeah. ages, and always end up being in each other's cities at times that are kind of incompatible with doing <laughs> a podcast. In the air. I know. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. And for the tour, we just did a tour of the fire station, and it was amazing. <laughs> I'm like upset. I've been of obs- work. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I made you come back to your workplace. Yeah. Cam's on leave, and I made him come back to where he sleeps and eats and works. <laughs> but I've been obsessed with fire trucks, fire stations, fire everything since I was a kid. Never have known a fireman, <laughs> and so this is my first tour. It's amazing. Are there any surprises? So many. Yeah. So many. Like also the major one, which I just proves how like I'm book smart, but I'm street dumb. <laughs> it just proves this is that I was like, oh, wait, the, the water's not inside the truck. Like it has to come <laughs> There's a from little bit somewhere. there, but you got to get more. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't know that. I don't know how I didn't know that. It's um, not one of those things you think about. There's so, there's a lot of things. I think even before joining, I didn't realize there's so many things. Like, oh, that makes so much sense. I like, know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Of course you don't run in without a mask on. You can't breathe. Like. I know. And also Cam was just saying that like you can't see anything. So all those movies where there's like totally mm. clear visuals, but just fire like up either side of you. And you know, people kick in the door and they can see the person on the far side of the room and yeah. they cough a bit, but they run in without a mask. Yeah. It's crazy. So definitely want to talk about all this because I think one of the coolest things about this show is the diversity of the pathways that people take to mm. find something they love doing. And 
emergency services is something that I think is so important to cover, especially at this particular time of 2020. Mm. And this timing is actually quite crazy. Um, but we forget that day to day people don't actually understand what you do. They take for granted that if there's a fire, we'll call the fireies. Everyone is thanking the amazing, amazing firefighters who are fighting the fires at the moment. But none of us really understand how fires work. Mm. None of us really understand what it looks like or what you do or how you sleep or what the, how the fire, like how your you know shifts work. And yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's, that stuff probably sounds really boring to you. Oh, no, you? honestly, <laughs> and, and it's funny because I was the exact same and I was joining the job and, you know, I had a general idea, but as you as you go along and you learn more you kind of go oh yep that has how it works okay good <laughs> yeah. and you know are you do you just drive around wearing your gear all day and then randomly go or like where can you go do you have to stay on station do you awake the entire time you know all those sort of things i didn't realize either and there are <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm so glad that it wasn't just me oh no there's <laughs> it's my me as well <laughs> so before we get to that mm-hmm. uh the first section is called way ta which is where we go all the way back to your young self because oh, i God. think i know like really <laughs> Really, really young cam because i think one of the most important things to do is show that people's pathways are never linear mm. you never know where you're gonna end up like oh, very no. very few of us wake up at five and go i know what i'm gonna be when i grow up and uh, i think it's really reassuring for people who aren't quite sure where they want to be to hear that most people have gone through lots of different stages to get there including the bachelorette mm. for you, which we will also cover <laughs> oh and i also forgot the first question which i ask everyone speaking of the bachelorette which is what's the most down to earth thing about you so let's start with that because social media God. can create such a glossy Planet. exterior oh yeah no i'm nothing like <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'm a big dork i'm i'm an absolute nerd um i love anime do like, you really? Oh, love anime. I have seen every episode of everything. Like, Stop it. I'm to the point where I get so annoyed that the new anime season or episode isn't out. So I've caught up on the manga and I have an update. I'll be out at having drinks at a bar and I'll get a notification saying that the latest manga of a new, you know, one of those shows that I watch is out. <laughs> and and so I'll home. sneak off and, and read it for five minutes and come back with a grin on my face and just... Oh my God. Can pick up the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's like... I think I was at Melbourne Cup, so I got one too, and I went to the bathroom for 10 minutes. <laughs> just to what? <laughs> just to read, no and, read and, and catch up because it was a really good episode and I had to read. Um, that's very down to Yeah, big again. nerd. I had no big idea. Nerd, yeah. Oh, that's why we all get along so well because <laughs> we're exactly the same. <laughs> and I'm a puppy. <laughs> yeah, and you're a puppy. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Paul gets very jealous of Cam because he's our second Paul. main dog in our relationship. <laughs> yeah. It's a love-hate for Paul and I. Like, I love yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's tough competition. Uh, okay, so way to yay. I can't believe I forgot that first question. I've never done that. <laughs> I was just so excited. We just literally went up 30 metres on like the ladder that goes mm. all the way up to the second and third Combined floors. ladder platform, PCLP, of, yep. That was so cool. Mm. So I'm, I'm clearly like just so excited about this whole situation. <laughs> all right, young Cam. So grew up in Bunbury or mm-hmm. Austerland. Austerland. Uh, what were you like as a kid? What did you think you wanted to be when you grow oh, up? God. Were you cool at school? No. You were at Austerland <laughs> Senior High. Like, what was that like? Um, what would people who knew you back then say about I don't you? know. I mean, I was I was always an athlete, so I loved basketball, and mm-hmm. that took up 99% of my time. I'd train before school. I'd train after school. I'd train on weekends. I'd play interstate. I think I toured America at one stage. Like, you know, I was all oh my God, for like it. Proper. a lot of basketball, and that was my... You know, I was looking at going to a college at one stage uh, wow. and do all that. And um, of course, I fell in love. So I didn't go and kind of passed up on that opportunity. Uh, Is that why? Oh, yeah. Look, oh you're God. in love when you're 17. So you don't. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's, you know, nothing is ever going to be the same without that person. Like, no. Yeah. And that's that was, your one love. I went to America, came back. I think we broke up like a week or two later. Oh, like, no. Yeah. But, you know, it was that was one aspect. I think I was very lucky at school that, um, you know, education came very easy for me mm. and I was not, I wouldn't say I was top of the class or everything, but I was at the upper end of everything. Mm. Um, so, you know, med wasn't out of the question. Um, I looked at, ended up studying physio because that, yeah, in those, that. that time, it, everyone that liked sport and was doing okay at school, you know, that's physio was the thing to do, you know, mm. and, and that's where I was going to go. So I guess I ended up heading off and studying physio for a few years. That's so cool. Mm. I always look back at like the degrees that people chose and wonder how they picked that because I think, we finished school and we're expected to kind of know what exactly. qualification. And we're I had to go zero into. direction. Loved sport, loved people, mm-hmm. um, and I think that kind of led me to oh well, I've got the grades. Why don't I go do study physio and do that? Um, it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah <laughs> obviously. I, was say. <laughs> I know. I, I was super point? lazy. Oh, throughout, like you know, I having leaving school, I was very good at school because I had someone on my back saying, 
why isn't your homework done? You know, yeah. why have you not done this? And they kind of cracked the whip. And that was very good for me because I'd have to read. And I was lucky I could read something once and remember it. But mm. if I didn't read it at all, I couldn't remember it. So <laughs> when I got to Funny uni that. and, you know, <laughs> turns out you need to attend physio uh, because they have an attendance list. And um, it's very science. It like is, yeah. And <laughs> so I actually was doing very well. It had distinctions and high distinctions. And then I ended up failing one of them, uh, one of the exams, I think, at one stage. And they've basically turned around and gone, well, you fail on attendance as well. Um, <gasps> So we, you know, we don't even get to let you sit the reset the exam. You're kind of done. And this is after years. I mean, I had a year off here or there because I was traveling and doing mm-hmm. other things. And so it got to the point I was pretty much finishing physio like last year of physio and or last year and a half physio and kind of, yeah, they kind of went, well, look, you can, but there's this long avenue around now you've got to go. And oh, my God. So you didn't finish? No. No, I've, <gasps> I'm probably the most overqualified non-physio you ever going to meet. <laughs> my sister is, is a physio. Oh, really? Yeah, which is brilliant. So, but she hates me because she's got this practice now and she loves someone to fill in and do a bit of work here and there. But <laughs> I'm like not qualified. qualified. To, I'm not. But I can help her, but I can't legally help it. Yeah. <laughs> we are uninsured for yeah. me to be any part of this business. Or anywhere near it. <laughs> um, so by then, did you know you know, once you couldn't actually, or you weren't going to finish, how did you choose that you were going to do something else? Honestly, like, it, I had a bit of a panic attack yeah, and I go, and fair. I had no idea, like I, I leaving school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I went to do that because that's kind of what the teachers told me and my parents mm. told me. And then, um, you know, at this point in time, it was one of the lower points, not having any idea whatsoever I wanted to do. I ended up just started saving money to go to London. Um, wow. I was like, I'm just going to move to London. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm lost in 20... Yeah, I'm going to go find myself. 23, eat, pray, love. Yeah, you know, eat, pray, love. I'm going to just move somewhere random and do nothing. Uh, and then... <laughs> um, absolutely nothing. Do absolutely nothing and get rich somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But uh, um, an uncle of mine uh, was in the fire brigade and I think it actually came through him and through the family kind of went, look, well, he does this. It's it's a team environment. It You need to be fit and have fitness as a, you know, a priority. Yeah. Um, you need to want to help people and love helping people and being around people. And that Labrador. kind of, I loved all of this. You know, that was me to a T. And so I ended up applying, like, it kind of, I didn't realise it was an option. I never really actually thought of it and felt, really fell into it. And that's kind of a horrible thing because I know a lot of the guys out there have yeah. been trying for six, seven years to get in. Mm. And I kind of went, I'm going to go try this and, and manage to get in <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> right away. <laughs> yeah. um, even some of the guys in my academy, then we're all best mates now, but you know, one or two of them took six years to get in and wow. that they knew what they wanted and this was the plan. And I got really guilty for that, that mm. I hadn't planned this and fell into it, but I'm so glad I did. I wouldn't give anything up for this. I, it's my, yeah, it's my passion now. I love it. It's, Isn't that so yeah, cool It though. really is. It's one of those surprise things that right when I had no idea where I was going, what I was doing, mm. I ended up doing exactly what I want and need to be doing. Absolutely. Mm. I think like the part of the essence of the, this whole idea of seizing your yay and like going on a, a long way to yay and how many twists and turns it can take, it's actually really reassuring to hear that, yes, there are always going to be fireys who have wanted to be, fire, you know, firemen mm. since Fireman Sam, since they were five oh, yeah. and have, you know, had it in their mind. But then it's good that you can still fall into a career without having had that mm. and still make a career of it and, and love it. And, and yeah, love and not have, like, again, not have any plan whatsoever. I didn't, mm. it blindsided me out of the blue. And I think it was within six months I was at the academy and, and wow. training. Yeah. So you didn't go to London. This was, I didn't go to London. No, so oh, you didn't I, go to I didn't, I ended up, I wanted to go and move and because I've always wanted to live somewhere else. And yeah. that was part of the problem. I, I wanted to live somewhere else. This all kind of came up and they go, right, well, you start the academy in and you have to you stay know, six, here. six months or so. So I ended up having to just I went on a plane and I went away for, I think it was like three or four months. So I ended up traveling and backpacking through oh, Eastern Europe. And then you had to be back. And then you had to be back in time for the academy. So oh my God. It was a short, much shorter version of what I was planning and doing. But I mean, I again, I wouldn't change it. It was just oh, the best decision I've ever made. That's so cool. And the other thing that's really interesting in that as well is that your passion can be something that you have no idea you're ever going to fall mm. into. Like it, ha- it doesn't have to be something you've loved since you were a kid. It can be something that literally stumbles in your lap because of an idea that someone suggested or it's an industry you might never have considered. So for anyone out there who's worrying that they haven't found their passion yet, it can hit you at any time <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't anything. have to be something you already know come. of. I yeah. Mean, that's, and, that, and you know what? That's probably the biggest lesson for me is and everything I've done since has been, um, hey, would you give this a crack? And sure. Oh, look, it's not something I'd usually do, but yeah, why not? I'll give it a go. And, and I think multiple things in my life I wouldn't have and friends in my life I wouldn't have right now if I didn't say yes to all these crazy random opportunities <laughs> that have come up. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's daunting going and trying out for the fire brigade because there are like eight or nine stages of testing and there are thousands of people trying out for these 24 spots and mm. it's terrifying. Like, you know, you got to put yourself out there and maybe not get it. And But I'm very lucky my parents and my family and friends support me mm. really well and that gave me, you know, the ability to go just say yes to all these 
multiple things that I do now. (laughs) (laughs) So what is the actual process of becoming a fireman? And is it unified? Like if you qualify in one state, can you kind of work anywhere or like how does it work? Oh my God. State, no, I know surprising. It's actually the state, each one is state run. So if you become a WA Fiery, you become a qualified fireman across Australia. However, due to slight differences and other differences and such, you don't actually, you can't transfer across and work in another state. So I can't just go, I'm going to move to to Melbourne this this year and I'm going to go across. The general general rule is occasionally you can transfer if they put out a request and they're really short, but generally I'll have to go across to Melbourne again and try out from scratch. From scratch? From scratch. There's no conversion. No. So we'd spend, you do the academy for, I think it's 19 weeks in WA and that's a, you know, 12 hour day, five day a week with homework and exams and everything. Um, And then you do five years of an apprenticeship, basically. It's Mm -hmm. like a five year to become a senior firefighter and fully qualified. And then you'd go back across to Melbourne or whatever state I wanted to go to. And I would start again. I'd try out with all the other thousands and I think it's five or a thousand try out in Melbourne. And then you try it again and then you'd manage to get in the academy and you go to the academy again. And then you do your three, five years of the apprenticeship again to work your pay grade back to where you are. That's crazy. Mm. So there's no kind of foot in the door for the fact that you've got working experience. I'm sure you'd be looked on favorably, but no, no but foot not. in the door. You just wow. go give it a crack and hope. Oh my gosh. Mm. So one of the also really interesting things that surprised me when we were going through the tour was that the academy is very military style. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't kind of see <laughs> fire, firemen as having such a strict hierarchy with like honorifics for their seniors and mm-hmm. stuff, but it was weird. Well, you may have noticed that. the guy that the man that took us up on the CLP, he had a, a red hook on his shoulder. Yeah, with two yellow epaulets, ones. So yeah. they're the they're called chevrons. So uh, it takes you, you when you join the academy, yep. you have a red epaulette on your shoulder. Yeah. And that basically means you were a trainee. And after oh you graduate gosh. and you become a fireman officially and you get crossed axes and that means you're a fireman. Okay. And then for the, your fifth class and a fourth class fireman, you keep those. And as soon as you've been for three years, you get one hook, one chevron. Oh my God. And so, <laughs> so a, there is a, yeah, there is. A, and then you get the second one once you become a senior and that's basically as high as you can go as a, as a firefighter alone. Okay. After I think it's 15 years, you get a red one as well. Oh my gosh. So you'll notice some guys walking over the red chevrons on their shoulder yeah. and they're, they're the very senior men, you know. The heavyweights. If they, yeah, the heavyweights. If they <laughs> say do something, you go do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's military. So polish wow. your boots, iron your shirt, um, standard attention, march between classes. Yeah. That's nuts. Oh my God. So you do that for 19 weeks. Mm-hmm. It's live in. No. So oh, okay. it's not. Um, if you are a country, you have to find somewhere to stay in the city. Yep. Um, it is in the outskirts of the city, but it's... Yeah, I think 6.30 a.m. every morning you have to be at attention in front of the flagpole um, oh. and, you know, someone will call you to attention and you're there and they give you the instructions for the day or what's coming up and then, you know, you're at ease or, you know, release and they let you go. How Off much, you go to class, yeah. Is it like theory and then fitness or like Both, how is it? All of the above. So they break you into units for us. It's all done independently per state. But for us we have, you know, you'll be doing a couple of days of theory and then you might do theory in the morning and then pop out and do um practical in the afternoon or you might spend this week is all practical and you're going to be pumping and then there's a pumping section there's a you know uh, road crash rescue like car accident section there is a hazmat section so you know that's one of the many things that fireys do is, is hazardous materials and you get the gas suits and the splash oh suits and do all that so they teach you that there's breathing apparatus is an area driving because you could drive under you know you've got to be able to full drive up in the bush through sand and you know, push trees down, all sorts of things. And you've got to be able to drive the truck road conditions. Like of course. And those trucks conditions. are massive. <laughs> they're pretty big. They're <laughs> actually really nice to drive. Like they're, really? They're, so they, these days they're actually automatic. Oh, my God. They look so blocky and light. I'm like, how do you even <laughs> have any visibility in those? Like, Oh, look, crazy. and there's always you have that hang of your head. You don't want to be the guy that crashes it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my God, of course. Hit a curb, it's ice creams, and you'll hear someone over the radio say ice creams. Um, oh, there's a, I'd say the code that's, language that's already it. is so cool. Hit a curb, ice creams, and that means you're buying everyone ice creams when you get back to the station. Okay, nice. So, yep. Yeah, um, there's a, there's a few things like that, I That's think, so as you go. Cool. <laughs> See, these are all the quotes you that I love rules, hearing yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you do, you know, I, I think one of the things that also I forget is that you guys deal with so much more than just fighting fires. Mm-hmm. Like you get caught, you were saying before, penis rings in hospitals. <laughs> like this. So, sorry, I had to, I had yeah. to mention it. <laughs> no, yeah, you do. So we, um, <laughs> But it's like not just, you know, literally water on fire. Oh, There's like hazardous crazy materials, stories. like I've, cats in trees, like... Cats in walls, yeah. <laughs> birds in trees, um, children stuck in a washing machine, um, uh, you know, wow. anything. If, if you get drunk with your friends and... Yeah, I know, I was <laughs> like, well, that's a great example. Oh, you know, no, so, you know, Saturday night on the way home and 
these people have said, we've been throwing rocks at this bird and it hasn't moved yet. Um, we think it might be dead. And so, of course, you climb up the ladder and get up to the tree and you've got to reach to grab it and it wakes up and flies off. Wait, um, so someone calls triple zero for oh, that? Oh, no, anything. You're a public servant. So I've had a man that couldn't get out of the bathtub. I've had um, a kid stuck his head in a chair. Uh, <laughs> Was <yeah>. it Nick? <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> I've even, I mean, we, yeah, look, I... <laughs> <laughs> I've had some interesting jobs. Um, I've had. Yeah, what are your weirdest ones? What are your weirdest? Like, oh, look, the most ones? embarrassing ones. I had a um, dementia ward uh, and we went there and because and someone's pushed, there's one lady that particularly enjoyed pushing the fire alarm. And so she quite often pushed it and she used to giggle when the fireman came. Um, and so we went to this job and this really fine, dapper looking gent walked up and he had a cane and he had a top hat and he's like, Good evening, sir. You know, oh, can you hold that door for me? And I'm kind of going into the ward. I'm like, oh, no problem. Here you are. I've held it open, gone inside, and we've had a walk around. And then I heard everyone running around, and they're like, oh, we've lost this person. If everyone's seen him, it was like, oh, well dressed gent. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I just let him out. <laughs> and so they've gone out. He's running down the road, escaping. <laughs> it was a diversion. <laughs> he's, so I didn't realize he was actually a patient, and he's in the dementia ward, and I've let him out because he was so well dressed and polite. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, my God. Wow. Um, well, yeah. there you go. <laughs> so, all sorts. But, you know, we've had kids um, dare each other to who can fit in the top loader washing machine and they've knelt down in it and then couldn't get back out. We've had, you know, penis rings at the hospital to cut off. Um, it's usually the rookie's job to cut them off. Uh, yeah, I'm like, who gets that? How do you be oh, on, du- on penis ring duty? You know, like, they've always got a reason. The guy's like, oh, you know, I can explain. <laughs> <laughs> like, and everyone kind of grins at each other. They go, go on. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's see what you got. You know, he's got a, a nut, like a nut and bolt. He's got the nut over the penis. He's got, you know, so there are, are some ripper jobs, hazmats and car accidents. And, you know, there's a plethora of jobs we go. And that's that's the, probably the fun part of our work is you come in and you, never you might not turn a wheel. You might be here all night or all day. Or I could be on the way to the most horrific job ever. Or I could be yeah. on the way to a crack up. You know, someone's, um, we've had people that have gone into the, the skate park in the big bowls and they've been stuck in the bottom of those and we've had people fall off cliffs you know we've had all sorts i don't deal with a lot of those because i don't do a lot of vert rescue but you know there are some really interesting jobs that they go around and that's, i think that's the fun part about the job is all those red tape and you kind of drive by and everyone you know sticky beaks a bit and goes i wonder what's going on there yeah i'm sitting on the inside of the tape yeah. i wonder what's going on here yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah it's it's really the other side of the tape which is the cool part oh my gosh god i think one of the other really cool things is that you you never really know what's going to happen. So even when we did the tour, I was like, there are beds, like there's a mm. pool table, there's a, a movie theater because there it would be a lot of dead time. Like you can't predict there when are. there's going to be a disaster. And there are. So you've got a lot of, um, you know, a day-to-day changes a lot depending on the day. Uh, during the week, we try to get most of our work done and also depends on the time of the year. So we have to each... So the how a fire brigade works, there are four platoons, mm-hmm. A, B, C, D. And so... One will be doing day shifts. They do two days in a row and then they'll do two night shifts in a row. And so while that is happening, the other shifts, it's the same pattern throughout. So I could work out exactly what day I'm working and what nights I'm working in five years, 10 years time. It's oh my easy because the same pattern follows on the entire way through. Okay. So because I'm a C platoon firefighter, I can look at C and know the exact dates I'll be working for the next however long. Wow. Um, which makes it very easy because you can plan your day and you can plan everything out. Um, but a day to day. So the day shifts, if your day shifts are during the week, that's when you tend to do your work. So every shift is allocated a couple of hundred or, you know, a thousand hydrants. So all the fire hydrants within the entire, your fire district have to be opened, checked that make sure they're not buried under sand in case there's a fire in that area and they need Mm -hmm. to be used. Um, they need to be painted so they're easy to see. They have to have all the markings so we can see them when we're driving down the road. Um, as I explained earlier, how you can, how you can identify where they are. Um, and you know, so that's, Every single year, they all need to be checked. All the buildings need to be checked, some every six months, some every year, some every two years. And so all the buildings need to be checked, check the fire escapes, check that there are fire blankets and the hydrants are in date and everything's, you know, the fire, you know, everything's up to date, ready to go. So there are lots of duties. And on top of that, you've got 100 hours of training you have to get done individually every year. So Oh, wow. Oh, well, that actually makes sense. I'm kind of yeah. glad to know yeah, that yeah, you guys if have I haven't to had, If I haven't been to a car accident this year, then I rock up at one you know, 10 cars and I need to know how to do everything. So that's kind of on the, the station officers help out a lot and they'll mm-hmm. mention, they go, Hey, we've got this to go. We're going to, you've got monthly training to keep up. So you get your training done on day shifts. 8am yep. is our start time. Yep. Um, you have to be showered, shaved, ready to go. But as soon as one of us gets in, someone from the night before go, can go home. So we tend to get in a little bit early and let them go. Cause they've had, you know, the night. Yeah. Um, you check the trucks at eight, everything has to be a coiled spring, ready to go. You know, no matter what job you get, you have to be ready to go. 
Uh, you got gym for a few hours. Yeah, there's a gym in there's here. There's a gym here. So, <laughs> so cool. you know, so fireys can keep fit. You're gonna be able to ready, ready to go any job. So you got to fitness as a part of it. Um, then you go out, you do your hydrants, your buildings, your training. Um, you know, everyone has to be qualified on the truck. So if there are any new people at the academy, they need to be qualified on all the different vehicles. So you'll yeah. take them out and train them up on those. Uh, then it's lunch, domestics. So the station's completely cleaned top to bottom every day. <laughs> This is crazy. Every single day. And then you'll go out and do some more work or training. Yeah. And then in the afternoon, you've got another hour and a half or so for a gym again. Yeah. And then it's home time, six o'clock home and the night shift comes on and then they go six till eight in the morning. Oh my gosh. And then, so you do that every day and then whatever comes up in between just whatever kind of comes interrupts up, that. Interrupts your schedule and you'll go back and do finish off what you're doing. Oh my gosh. You know, gosh. so you could cook yourself a beautiful steak for lunch and you could all of the garnishes and everything and you can sit down or quite often we have a cook up so everyone will cook up this big meal together and we all have big grins on our face and then next moment you get siren a call, goes off siren goes off <laughs> and we we take off and all the steaks and everything sit there for the next four or five hours and everyone comes home really upset and you know <laughs> really upset <laughs> and <laughs> did you have to do uh, extra gym training for the firefighter calendar or? <laughs> oh that's a really good question nick just said if you didn't hear did you have to do extra training for the firefighter calendar i think um cam was mr may i, I believe was a long time ago do tell. <laughs> um no look so it's it's kind <laughs> of a part of his day shift duties uh, a right of a right of passage sort of thing so a lot of the fireys especially if they're relatively new and single as i was at the time yeah um you have to um you, you basically get pushed to do it by the boys in the shift because it's a big night. The calendar launch night is the end of the year and that's you have to get on stage and dance. Do you actually have you to have do that? You have to get on stage and oh, dance. Oh, it's dead it's, serious. It's the thing. So, <laughs> so not only do you have to get fit for the, the photos, which are taken around May, um, you know, and most of us guys, are, you know, that's basically you, you have to have a strict diet and you go to the gym like crazy. Yeah. And, and then everyone on station likes to buy cakes and put it in front of you to make sure you don't cheat. Um <laughs> That's everyone's first spray tan is usually for this and we get a yeah. spray tan for it, you know, because this is immortalizes you. So you got to get as fit as you can and you take the photo and then you've got to get fit once again for about October. They have the, the, show. the show. So every, um, every month, not only their group dances, we all strip off together and have a laugh and firemen cannot dance, which is. That's a real shame. Real, but it makes it so much fun. Yeah, so it'd be way better. <laughs> every month has to do their own performance. You get to pick a song and you get to pick a routine. So generally, you know, you get someone does a flash dance. And they'll come out in full lycra and we dance around with a big headband on. And someone might do, you know, no puts baby in the corner and they might run around and do the, the dance for that. And, and then, then the lift rip at off the end. And the lift will like, you know, <laughs> might lift something up. Um, I had a friend who had a kitten involved in his. Oh, wow. And he went and pulled it out of a fake tree. And I think the kitten actually went wild and started scratching him going crazy because the women, I think it was like 2,000 women in the crowd and they screamed <laughs> and caused his kid to lose its mind. But yeah, so that's all a part of it. So you have to learn to dance for one song. Who knew? I know. I the academy didn't teach you that. Oh no. Like, and honestly, if you've never done, been to one before, I think every state does them. It is one of the funniest and best nights you're ever going to have because you've got these grown men who are terrible dancers. <laughs> and you never have to do that kind of trying thing. Trying to two-step and rip their clothes off and, you know, <laughs> things are getting stuck on their head and they're always falling off the stage and it just makes it so much fun. And everyone gets really into it, I think, which is, which oh is really gosh. fun. Oh, what year were you, Mr. May? I think oh we need to, like, back search oh, these 2016. Calendars. Oh, I'll yeah. have to find it. <laughs> I'll put it in the I show the, I was the rare guy. I had to take my photos twice because Why? I took my photos and they tried doing a night shoot and we didn't realise there's such thing as too much oil. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> love how you figured it out. So, yeah, no, in so practice. you become reflective. Um, oh, and so then obviously look. when you finish that, you've dieted for three months. And so I went and bought chocolate and <gasps> red rooster and everything. I think I got a phone call three days later and they've gone, Cam, bad news. We need you back in tomorrow. We're going to do the shoot again. You're too reflective. So, <laughs> so you totally fucked it up. I basically. completely <laughs> messed it up. Yeah. So don't do what I did actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait. Oh yeah. <laughs> before you binge. I was a token skinny guy too anyway. So that was, you know, abs don't count if you're that skinny. Was pre-batchy. This was pre-batchy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I do want to talk about The Bachelor quickly or The Bachelorette in your case and The Bachelor actually, because I believe there was rumors of you being <laughs> a bachelor as well. But firstly, I'm just continuing on with the actual like technical parts of being a firefighter. Mm -hmm. One thing I thought would be really interesting to talk about is explaining what it is actually in, in the parts of your job that are fire related. I, th I found it so interesting that there's no visibility that mm. pretty much what anyone who's a lay person imagines a fire to be is not anything like what Nothing an actual like, fire no. it is. So in your training, do you learn about like the, the science behind fires? Like what, how much do you guys have to kind of do the maths in your head? Mm. But, you know, tell us all about the actual fighting of a fire and what that involves. Um, well, the Academy is, 
very thorough. So it's actual adult learning. So if you don't get 100% on every exam, they will pull you aside and I'll question you on every question you got wrong and make sure you have it right. Oh my God. So you have exams every second or third day and Whoa. it's very, it's, I've never done it. It's very full on. Um, the training's the same. If you didn't up to scratch with the training, you come back on the Saturdays and your, your squad comes back with you of six and you continue training on Saturday and you try and get it right. Um, but you learn all the theory, all the, you know, there are six signs of backdraft and you have to learn all the signs and what to listen for, what to look for. Um, they show you videos online and they show you all the different things like see this and this, see how there's blackened and crazed windows. That means that it's about to break, which gives an air intake, which then can cause this and see these signs. That means that this roof's not, not safe. It's about to, you know, give way. And so there's all these different signs and symptoms of the fire basically that you can look and read. And that's the brilliant part. A lot of people um, I've spoken to, they didn't realize a lot of the fires aren't as fit and have been in the job for 30, 40 years, you know. Mm. Uh, and what my reply to them is, yeah, but they've been to hundreds of fires. And if I come out of the academy, I've never been to a real fire, and I go to walk in, he might grab me and point out small things like, see that aircon on the roof? The roof doesn't look super safe. We're not going to stand under there because that'll come straight through and kill you. Mm. And they've got the experience, and they know what to look for and when to and when not to go in and around and such. So, mm. you know, you do learn. The theory side is very heavy, and you learn all sorts of things about humidity. You learn about bushfires and how the winds move and how they affect the fire. Um, then you, so it's not only the process of being a firefighter, but it's all the science behind every little bit and at what point flashover occurs and what point, you know, so the biggest thing we have to go by really is past failures. Um, luckily Australian firefighters are very, very good at firefighting. We don't have a lot of deaths compared to other countries, but you know, other countries when things go wrong and how did that fire how did our processes not work to battle that fire and all these firefighters die? And that kind of, we apply it to our own systems here. Mm, mm. Mm. And in the face of something like a bushfire, not so much a house fire, but just to kind of explain mm -hmm. what, I mean, we've seen some videos, but I think it's really hard for people to actually imagine what the fires are facing with these massive, massive bushfires on the yeah. East Coast. What, what is it? like like what do you guys have to do um, in the face of that or what can you do you, look and that's the hard part is and there's a lot a lot of politics going around at the moment, a lot of people talking and it it's hot like it so the idea is when we go to a bushfire there are a few different jobs to be done so um fire the actual bushfire itself and the bushfire that is going on over east at the moment so Water is only so effective. So you can drop water from, you know, the planes and the helicopters and you can shoot water from our hoses. But for a lot of the fires, shooting water from the truck and shooting it towards the fire, it evaporates en route. It doesn't mm. do a whole lot. It's the amount of energy coming from that fire is so hot. You know, it's so much energy that the water doesn't do anything really. Um, and that's why a lot of, a lot of, you know, triage is important. And so a lot of the houses that have a lot of big space around them and such, you know, we can, we can deal with that. So we have rural urban interface. So a truck and everything will, or, you know, vehicles would park in someone's driveway and they will try their hardest to save that house and the fire will come around them and they'll do their best. But as soon as it gets too hot and the house starts catching fire in multiple places and it basically gets to the point they can't defend, they've got to drop the hoses, jump in the truck, speed off and try and get out of there because the fire's starting to surround them. It's getting really dangerous. So that's one aspect. So property protection. So our, our list of priorities mm -hmm. is life, and then property, mm -hmm. and then it drops down to environment and such. So we try and look after life first. If there's no one in the building, we'll get them out, look after property as best we can, and then we've got to worry about life, our own lives still, so we've sort of get out of there. So that's one aspect. The other, the other side is we've got to start trying to stop that fire. So we use natural fire breaks, like roads, or, you know, um, sorry, fire breaks themselves, like breaks in the, uh, the bush, mm -hmm. and then we use roads and such that we've built. And then we also backburn. So we backburn basically to try and create like a border of um, burnt ground that the fire can't run through and build energy through. So we, uh, we fall back and then we fall back again and then it catches us. And the problem is that spot fires occur. So the fire, as it gets closer to you, it, it throws ash and embers over you. And so you'll turn around and the fire's jumped you by 600 meters. It's actually taken off again. It's, it's run past you. So there's no point sitting on this road trying to stop it here because it's already behind you and keeps going. Mm. So you do your best. Um, if it's really windy, that's probably when that sort of all sort of happens. Hot and windy is just the worst conditions for us. Mm. It's crazy mm. just so, to imagine. I can't even imagine. I just can't even. Yeah, and it's and it's smoky. Like you said before, it's smoky. It is. Yeah, it's. It, you need a mask on. You can't breathe. You're coughing. Um, I feel actually feel really bad for the fireys over east at the moment. They've been running around P two masks on, which are the little paper masks that basically you use at home when you're painting and such. Like over here, luckily we've got these big full face masks and. Yeah. A lot of the bushfire fighters over east have those, but because 
the city, you know, the city brigade and others aren't as well equipped to deal with those sort of fires. They're running around with these small masks, and you do you you'll smell smoke for a week after you've been there, and you will be coughing up you know, black all sorts of stuff crap for what? ages. You know, wow. So it's it does yeah, it's pretty full on. What do you have in terms of like a fear response? Because the other thing I wonder is like they just. It, because it's your job, like mm-hmm. it's hard for us to understand that it's your job to actually do that because our jobs are like, I need to make green tea um. and like, you know, <laughs> like when you have to, so for a question Nick asked before is like the process of when the alarm goes off, mm-hmm. you have to get out of bed. I can't believe that you have to be there in like seven minutes, like, mm, like we dress, try to. shower, be there. But that's the thing. So, you know, wherever you're sleeping, whatever you're doing, you're in the toilet, you're in the shower, whatever's happening. If you, you'd be surprised how fast you can move and if you know putting socks on is really quick putting if you have to you know if you had to do all that really quickly you yeah. can do it quite fast and you know this is a very big station Fremantle station is a very big station so to get to the truck probably takes up as much time as getting your clothes on and getting there you know and then you've got to assess on the way to the truck what sort of job it is if it's a structure fire you need your full all your gear on level two gear which is your big over trousers mm. and your big jacket your big flash hood and your gloves and your boots and your helmet everything has to be ready to go Whereas if it's a scrub fire or something, you just put your jacket and you have your mask ready to go and you have your level one gear. But then if it's a hazmat, you've got your level three boots. So oh on the gosh. way, you're assessing what you're putting on when you get there. You whack it all on, jump in the truck, and then generally we're out the door within a minute and a half, two minutes. Oh, so, yeah, That's insane. Like from sleeping. From sleeping, from dead sleep. Lights come on, that's sirens go on, <laughs> and the lady over the PA starts yelling, you know, attention, attention, get this up. truck, this truck, this truck, this is what's happening. It's a triple O call. There are people missing or it's, a tr- it's you know, um, call from police and this is what's happened. And, you know, so they kind of let you know on the run where you're going, what's happening. And yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> and how do you, do you still get like an adrenaline response? Oh, brilliant. Like, so the, uh, the sound of the speaker turning on now, before the lights come on, before the PA is announced, the sound of the speaker turning on shoots an adrenaline straight into me and I almost jump. So if I can walk through coals and I hear the speaker turn on and I jump and I literally get a jump and my heartbeat just races for the next 20, 30 seconds. It's one of those bizarre things. And, you know, if a truck drives past my house and it has the right frequency or anything, I can just jump and it kind of wow. gets you ready to go because it's you can, you'd be surprised if you're asleep and you hear that turn on and you know you've got to run now. You're um, just trained to kind of respond. Yeah. Do you, um, get, do you feel scared? Like in the no, face of something? No. like. That's the thing, yeah. I don't know. You'd think you would be, but it's you're very well trained. You're very thoroughly trained, and you break your job down to very small roles. Mm-hmm. So when I get to a job, my uh, my station officer will turn and go, "I need you in breathing apparatus." And my job is now to go over, put my breathing apparatus on over my gear, make sure my skin's protected, make sure ready to go. And by that stage, I'll turn to start walking towards him, and he will say, "I need you in on left hand search." You're going to extinguish the fire, do this, this. So I know I need my tick, my thermal imaging camera to get in there. Because like you said before, you can't actually see through the smoke. So the left-hand search means that I'm walking into the building with my hand on the left wall, wiping it up and down basically to find any door handles in case there's a room hidden to the left. I've got the other hand in front of my face wiping up and down to make sure that I'm not walking into anything. My foot sliding around to make sure the floor hasn't given way and also to see if there's anyone on the floor. Um, The person behind me has a thermal imaging camera, so he's looking around the room to see you know, if anyone's laying on the ground or yeah. where the other exits and entrances are. And we've also got a hose he's dragging with him too. So I'm dragging a hose along because I need to be able to put the fire out if I find it. So you kind of break all these jobs down mm. and I know what I need to take in. I know where I'm going and, mm. you know, he'll the, the officer would have done a, a 360 of the whole building and told me where the fire is or where I need to be going. So because there are so many jobs given to me and my mind is racing, trying to make sure I'm ticking all these boxes, um, you don't. There's like no room There's for no fear. There's no room for fear. So if you stopped and went, wow, that's a lot of smoke coming out of there. Like, you just don't pretty have time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have time. And by the end of it, you're in there and you're like, oh, yeah. And I mean, you do stay low because smoke, the unburnt smoke's up, upwards of 400 degrees Celsius sort of oh. thing. So that's what smoke is. It's just the unburnt particles. And so we know that if you see the flame dancing through there, they're called dancing angels. Or I think they're called flaming dragons mm. elsewhere. They, they've got a lot of names. <laughs> that's... um. They're quite pretty, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. if they're going above your head, that means up there is that hot. And so we've trained, we, we put a little bit of water up there and that, you know, cools it all down and it lowers it as well. It's, there's a huge science to it, how much water I put up there. Cause if I put too much water up there. It becomes steam and the steam takes up that space now and pushes all the smoke down, which means that all the hot stuff's now surrounding Closer me. To, so I have yeah. to run out of the building or whereas I put just a little bit, it cools it a bit, but it also drops what's called the neutral plane. It's kind of the wavy line. If you've ever seen smoke in a house and it kind of has that wavy line and the smoke's all above it it drops that down lower. So if you put too much up, it drops it so low that 
you're now burning. But if you put a little bit at a time, it cools it down. It comes, it goes lower, then cools down and goes back up. So oh my gosh. there's a full science behind it. And they train you very well to notice what to look at, what for and how much water to put in there and not to put too much. Um, don't just spray water on the fire because, you know, that'd probably be worse for you in the end. That's crazy. You also got to think about other people in the building. If there are yeah. any bodies in there and you put too much water in there and it drops the smoke down to the bottom, they, they don't have breathing apparatus. So they're now, oh, yeah, they're now breathing that thick smoke. So you've got to... Think about so many different things. Think ahead, things. yeah. Close the door behind you because you don't <laughs> want, you know, too much air coming in means you can start getting things like backdraft and, you know. I just can't believe how many factors are in your head. Like going through your head in a time of like, you've got no time to lose. You can't mm. kind of just sit and worry and do a SWOT analysis of like what your decision oh, no, is going to be. Still you panic. have no time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still running in there going, oh God, have I got everything? Have I got my helmet on? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, there's, there's, and like you are very well trained, so it's all natural, second, second nature now, but... You know, you do have that little bit of, you know, when you go traveling and you kind of forget, oh, did I pack that? It's yeah. kind of, it's kind of like that when you're running in a fire, like, did I have that thing I really needed to go in? Yeah. Like, <laughs> do I have my hose? Ha- where's the hose? <laughs> yeah. like, have we got the hose? Yeah, do I have my shoes on? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is so interesting. And I, and I just find it so fascinating that it's second nature to you, but mm. hearing it as an outsider, like you probably just forget but and take it for granted. But for us, it's like, that is what you guys have to think about. Mm. You have to think about... It does. It's not just like putting water on fire. Like, That's you a big thing. Teams are too. So you know, you go in there, and I'm I'm set. I'm ready to go. And I might look over at my mate and go, "Oh God, he hasn't put his his hood up properly. He hasn't done this or that." So we actually have to check each other the whole time too. Yeah. And that's why we go in teams of two because if something falls, hits me on the head, he's now the one that looks after me and does everything. You know, gets me out. So it's a lot more relying on each other too. So if I do forget something, he will remember, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, between <laughs> the if, two of you. And if he's forgotten something, I should be remembering and helping him too. So you, you kind of, you, you make your way through together. Oh, that's so, I could talk to you about this for ages. <laughs> like it's just, especially now that it has become something that I think that the general community is becoming a little bit more aware of the bushfires and, and what fires do. And, and terrible, but you know, these sort of, you know, catastrophes end up, are very good for us afterwards because we get more funding and we do mm. we don't get a whole heap of funding usually we do we miss out a lot of things we need we, we desperately need new gear in mm. wa our you know our turnout gear is very outdated and we need all these other things but you know the government's very you know and i can't pull strings on you know and like point fingers but you know it's they've got a, only so much money to allocate to all these other areas mm. and so when we're asking can we please have more turnout gear for the you know, 26,000 firefighters we have here or something. Mm. That's a lot of money. The gear's like over $1,000 per set. So, mm. you know, you can't just fork that out easily. So yeah. as terrible as these are, it's good for us in the long run because it means that we can identify our inadequacies and, you know, we can kind of shed light on that and fix those. And it's crazy that it takes something like that for us to realise mm. that, you know, we, I, we do, we take for granted that if something happens, you call the fires and they'll know what to do. And <laughs> like, you're the last point you of hope. call <laughs> with all our societal disasters. Like, the reason why all of us are so comfortable knowing we'd never have to deal with it is because you guys actually have to, which is extraordinary mm-hmm. and crazy that we don't actually understand a lot of what you do until something like this happens and then oh, suddenly yeah. it bring, we bring it to the forefront of our attention and that's why I was like Cam we need to explain <laughs> what you guys do and what a fire is like, like. I do my and best job <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so then I imagine that then going on the bachelor <laughs> in the middle of a firefighting career mm-hmm. would just have been like the most crazy experience of like oh god yeah like we picture a firefighter yeah. what, you, what you have to do every day yeah. what, how did that happen um, we're actually out with a few firefighter friends and a lady approached the clipboard and asked if I'd like to do The Bachelor or something. And to be completely honest, I said, oh, God, no, no, it's not not me at all. <laughs> um, and then she sort of, she was brilliant, honestly. I She could sell you anything. She, she kind of goes, um, what's your, you know, do you love adventure? I'm like, oh, I love adventure, yeah. Do you love doing things no one else has ever done? Oh, I, lo- I love doing things no one else has ever done. Do you like going to events and doing this? And I'm like, I love all this stuff. This is great. And she goes, <laughs> do you have, can you get leave off on these days? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, why wouldn't you do this then? Like, you know, just do it. What's the harm? Just put your name down. Who knows what could happen? Like, you know what? Bugger it. Put my name down. Cause she also said, I think she needed five more names down before she could go home that night. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was like, no problem. Just put my name down. I think I had the following week, I had one or two missed calls from Warner brothers and a voice <laughs> message from Warner brothers. Does that freak me out? And I didn't call back. Um, but eventually they ended up calling me and going, um, Hey Cam, you know, Warner brothers here. Look, how about you just come and have a chat at this interview. And a mate of mine from the fire brigade would also put his name down. So we both decided to go and have a chat with them. Um, and they actually told me I wasn't in. Oh my <laughs> God, like, really? Oh, no problem. Thanks. And I think I got a Bye. phone call. I was like, oh, thanks. Anyway, that's, that's cool. I wasn't really keen to do it. And then I got a phone call the week after from one of the ladies that was at the auditions. And she said, actually, Cam, I put you down as one of my selections. I'd love you to come across 
um, as you know, and come into the show with us. So I wasn't super keen. Again, I said, I'm not sure. She said, look, do the medical, do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. You can pull out until the last minute. Until you get on the plane, you're welcome to pull out. Such I a good think, saleswoman. Oh, it was brilliant. I think it was a week <laughs> or two later. I'm sitting on the plane going, oh my God, this is happening. <laughs> like I can't pull out now. She said, I'm sitting on the plane. I'm done. So yeah, I ended up just on the plane, went across and met these guys. I mean, the first day you're locked up, you don't get to meet anyone. And that's probably when it sinks in. You're like, this is the worst decision of my life. Like, yeah. like I'm in this room locked out, no phone, no radio, no oh newspaper. Gosh. And and everything from now in my life is on national television. Yeah. And I, I, I think at that stage, the, they were deciding who the new prime minister was. And <laughs> I, I didn't know who the prime minister was for like a month or two. Like, oh, so, yeah, you were like locked down. <laughs> we were in lockdown. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was, I really enjoyed the experience and I'm kind of one of the few, I think, rarely people who has come off saying that, but I have a very different opinion on a lot of things than most. And I, I, I basically relaxed. I had a great mm. time in there. And, like, with it. and <laughs> it was very much like work. You just hang around. You didn't have any calls. You just lay around. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's no, no, there's no siren to go put a fire out. You just get to lay around and have a chat. But yeah, you would have been like, wow, I can sleep a full night. Brilliant, yeah. wow, wait, what? <laughs> but I mean, I, I loved it. And the, the thing I noticed was um, my, I mean, my season particularly, not many guys came off and weren't happy at mm. all. I mean, we, I think we understood that they highlight features if you're a bit of a dick they made you out to be a massive dick and we all knew each other. So we, we stood up for each other a lot. And if you were a kind of nice guy, they made you a very nice guy, you know, and I think, or a Labrador, or a Labrador. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's the thing. I and mean, a lot of reality at the moment is a lot of people kind of go, they edited me so badly. I'm going, mm. I kind of sit back and go, well, I'm not sure if they could, you know, use computer generated voice to make you say that guy is an asshole because that's what you said. Yeah. Um, they might've manipulated in some way, but, you've got to kind of own up to what comes out of your mouth. And I don't think yeah, many true. do that at the moment. I think if you say something and you're, you know, called someone something, you've got to put your hand and go, yeah, look, I said that. It wasn't exactly how it came, but how it played out, but I said that I'm owning up to it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a problem at the moment is everyone tends to blame the editing and yeah, they do edit and they do manipulate how you're thinking and feeling, but you, what you say is what you say. But it's still you in you, there. It's you. They yeah. did not make you say that and say, you're not eating until you say this. Yeah. They can't do that. Yeah. They have just done a very good job of manipulating yeah. you didn't realize I think. Yeah. I think everyone's been kind of cut because they didn't realize what's happening yeah it's actually so you were season two mm-hmm. and um it did it did seem like all of you guys had a really fun time oh, and, and, and all like still really good friends yeah. like yeah honestly you and g and brilliant. leroy best <laughs> best trio best three musketeers ever oh look they got stuck with me a bit um so <laughs> yeah i'm not sure everyone knows but we actually have bunk beds at the, um, no. <laughs> there's bunk beds in there. So when you, I mean, it's better towards the end, but at the start there are bunk beds and you have like, Luxury. I think we had two in our room. We had the small room. We had two double bunk beds in our room. One of them had three double bunk beds. Uh, so <laughs> I think, I, I don't think anyone knows no, this behind the scenes stuff. No. So anyway, so Lee and I were in the same little room. So in the end, were it was you? Lee and I in this tiny little room and we'd lay awake and, and everyone else had gone <laughs> home, but in our room by that stage. So it was Lee and I laying awake and we'd chat about what we'd done with then, you know, and it's hard because you kind of compartmentalize like who's with Georgia. So you're kind of like, I'm doing really well with my girl and Lee's doing great with his girl. And good on you, mate. Good on you, mate. Like really happy for you. And the guys out there, I was talking to Maddie and Maddie said he had a great date with his girl too. Like we're all just doing so well with our girls right now. <laughs> and they're all different. Yeah. Different and you know, people. you never see Georgia with any of the others, like being oh, yeah. friendly with any others. They take them away. So it all is very fun and games until you get sent home and it kind of all clicks like you know, we're all dating the same <laughs> yeah. girl here oh my girl's still <laughs> in there oh <laughs> <laughs> but i mean again you go on a few dates with the girl it doesn't mean you're going to end up marrying them and that's what you know i'm sure a lot of people in real life have been on a few dates with someone and it didn't work out but i think most people have been on a few dates it didn't work out yeah, he's all dragging, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know but the fact that this girl is has a lot like we were basically the same person male and female version of and so we have a lot in common and we laugh at the same things and we both love disney and we both had all these oh, things in common. Disney dates, oh, those puppies. Brilliant, honestly. <gasps> I was, and just trying to act all manly because, you know, you're five and I'm sitting there just about to giggle. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, Disney. <laughs> but, yeah, but I mean, Lee and I shared the room, so we were best mates and it was, I was in there for two and a bit months, I think. And having Lee and I, we went for a run every morning. We worked out together every day. We cooked to get every meal together. Oh we, my God, that's so cute. It was a bromance the whole time. And then, you know, and then it just stayed that way. And it stayed that way. Georgia's like, oh, okay. Georgia realized early on that she had to reach out and say hi to me because she's going to be stuck with me anyway. So she kind of um, called me during the airing of the show and sort of said, hey, Cam, how are you? And, you know, maybe we should, I'll give you a call and have a chat and say hi. And, and that was kind of, not that there was any bridges to mend, but that kind of yeah, put us yeah. back in contact and yeah, yeah. made it easier later. Oh my God, it's so cute. You guys are the best trio now. <laughs> <laughs> I love like, um, G put up a post for your birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, by the way. It's so exciting. 
<laughs> thank you. <laughs> and it made the Daily Mail within like a minute. I was like, wow, this is great content. Like her <laughs> I don't post, know this is a thing. Yeah, her post about your birthday oh, God. made the Daily Mail about. Oh, that's right. The photo when I dressed up as her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, are you getting a picture of what kind of personality Cam has? Like, <laughs> always gives things a red hot crack. <laughs> so, as you are turning 30, and this mm-hmm. is why I'm over here, happy oh, birthday. Thank you. What are your insights on your next decade and the next decade? Like, what a nice synergy, turning oh, 30 God. for a new decade. I know, decade. Yep. 1990 born, so it worked out perfectly I for 30. you were born in 1990. I know. I look a lot older now. <laughs> 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 yeah, how do you feel about turning 30 and what are you what, what are you feeling for the next decade? Oh, jeez. I don't know. Big question. I'd like, I've always wanted to own a business. And I think I've been, I've been on Nick's case a lot about this. I've always wanted to own a business, so I'm kind of like, that's, that's in the next five years. I think I want to have something. I don't know what it's going to be. And mm. I, I've started doing some jewellery stuff just because I wanted to le- learn how to that's make awesome. a website, whether it takes off or not. It's more learning the process of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to own a business at some stage. Um, I mean, I really love firefighting, so I can't see myself giving that up at any time. Mm. Um, but, you know, I do a little bit of emceeing, presenting stuff too. So I guess that's something I'd like to kind of get more experience at. I'm not very good at the moment. I'm a bit blasé and relaxed, I think. So it's kind of, um, I need to be a bit more professional, uh, which I might find a bit difficult. I know, I'm like, I don't, that doesn't, I don't see that. No, yeah. I don't see That's that That's why either, you're so, so great though, is because you're so much fun. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. But, you know, I, I enjoy doing it. So it's really just more of the same. I'm not looking to change anything massive. Mm. Um, I'm not moving anywhere at this stage. I mean, a few holidays here and there, maybe. Come visit you guys a bit more yeah. in Melbourne. Um, yeah, it's... I'm pretty happy, to be honest. I I say yes to a lot of things, which I think is a big sign of my life. I, you know, I get an option. You should try the fire brigade. Yes, I'm going to give it a go and I've loved it. And, hey, why not come in The Bachelorette? Yep, sure, why not? You know, mm-hmm. And that was good fun. I've said no to a lot of shows since because... The Bachelor? No. Oh. <laughs> was that a real thing? It was kind of a... No, it wasn't exactly a thing. So they did mention... They did call out and reach out and sort of mention it to me and go, look, this is a possibility, but... Mm. I'm because I don't like to upset people. And to be honest, I couldn't send anyone home. There's I know. No you know. <laughs> this Labrador would be like, everyone's <laughs> staying. I I'd love you all. Guys, you're all really lovely. <laughs> yeah. I remove myself from this equation. <laughs> Have fun yeah. in the house. Yeah. No, uh, I know that's, I couldn't do it. And so they actually, at the time, um, my brother and I, I chalk and cheese, like he is the blokey bloke. And he's of the two of us, you know, I love musicals. And I love the, you know, that sort of side of things. He's, the footy lad and he's one of the boys and he's he's an electrician he's actually working on getting in the fire brigade too to do both and um but he he's we're in very different people we're very different people and we're into very different people and i think the plan was to have both of you on right both of us yeah. on as a, a kind of hybrid weird version of the bachelor <laughs> and you know some sort of special rose where kyle sends a girl home and i come in and go no i like that girl for you <laughs> you're going on a date with her now off you go like you know yeah yeah um that actually would have been a really good show. Oh, it'd been great. You know, and the two of us, like, I hate talking about myself. He hates talking about himself, like, his own feelings and such. So I could talk about him. Like, we're best friends, so we know each other, like, inside out. And mm. I think that'd be the, the That would cool be part. fun. Yeah. That, you know, but it wouldn't exactly be The Bachelor. So I think it was an idea. Um, I was dating someone at the time. Um, he was seeing someone too, I think, early on. And so it was an idea. It never got Kind of a barrier. And they were going Honey Badger. I think Honey Badger was one of the most viewed seasons ever. So I think that was a Oh, was that good, the one? Was decision. that the year? Oh. Hello. Hi. Got some other firemen just walking <laughs> around. Hey. One of the boss men. <laughs> all right. So the next section, which we kind of covered a little bit of, is called NATA, which is pretty much all the stuff that gets in the way of your joy. So all your biggest challenges along the way in both firefighting, but also, you know, on the TV show and then becoming very, you know, public from a life that doesn't really involve that much social media to having kind of everything splashed around on the Daily Mail. And oh, like, yeah. Look, do you want to, they don't exactly go hand in hand, uh, everything I'm doing. So you know, firefighting quite often, you can be at a bushfire for the day and you can be smoky and exhausted and, you know, but you've committed to go to something tonight or to go to a talk tonight or, mm. you know, and so I rush the station, shower up, um, whack on the suit, <laughs> yeah. go straight to the red carpet event and try and do that. <laughs> so weird. It's bizarre, you know, and the thing is you don't, you get there and no one knows you've spent the past 12 hours or 10 hours at this bushfire. They just kind of go, oh, you're running a bit late, are you? Like, yeah, a bit dirty in the yeah, face. A bit dirty, you know, so <laughs> you smell a bit. Or, yeah. you know, um, between the two, I think it's just one gets in the way of the other a bit. And you, I juggle as best. I think the biggest problem from the, everything I've had was the first year or two after the show, I think um, balancing everything and balancing friends and family and such became a real issue. I committed to one job in Sydney, which was two or three trips back and forth which got right in the way of one of my best mate's weddings and Buck's party. Oh, and yeah. because I committed this, I had to go do it. 
Um, and, you know, so I ended up missing his wedding. And that's kind of a big regret of mine is um, not losing yourself as much because I, I didn't, I wouldn't like to say I lost myself completely, but your priorities get like warped a bit. And yeah. I think now I've got a much better handle. Now that it's been, what, four years since the show or something, I've kind of taken a step back from it all and kind of gone, oh, cool. That, that was a fun little ride. Yeah, um, yeah. Learned a lot from it and I can go from there. You know, if I did it again, I wouldn't do things everything the same. I'd do slight changes. And again, you know, watching other reality TV stars going through it all, it's, I think a lot of them are gripping, holding on to that five minutes too much and i don't I don't blame them like and people that are, have a sad at them or you know have a go at them saying oh five minutes of fame you know let it go it's very addictive it is and you go you know you're the person at the party you're the one getting photos taken of you and people everyone knows your name and it's it's really it's a very addictive mm. feeling and experience um and coming you know i think with age now i'm 30 i think i've Welcome learned to the club <laughs> <laughs> i've learned a bit going oh you know what it was a lot of fun and i had so much fun flying back and forth and doing all this but it's not I mean, it is real life for some people, but for me, it's that was just a cool experience. And, you know, if it happened again, awesome. But I don't need that. Mm. I don't need to go put a naked photo on Instagram to try and get likes to get people invited to these events. I don't need to have that business. I can actually, I've started, just genuinely started being happy for other people that are doing it. And you've always had, I've always had in the back of my mind, someone else gets the job that I really wanted on Instagram or of to fly somewhere on this trip and such. And rather than being like, oh, why did they get it? Not me. Yeah. You know? I You've wish really I was on that trip. I've just, just started. It's taken a long time, but just started clicking going, good on him. That looks like lots of fun. Like wicked, oh, awesome. Great. And it's much healthier. Um, it was a horrible couple of years of it's anxiety. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's real anxiety about, oh, how did he get that? And like, oh, I've got more followers than him or, you know, I've got mm. this. And you become a bit of a wank with it. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, going, why didn't I get that? I, yeah. I deserve that. Um, but that's such a natural part of that extreme, mm. like no, no social media profile to like bang reality yeah. TV. Stuff. Well, I had, what, it's like eight, 800 shock. or something. And I used to put up the dorkiest photos because that was just me. I'm a dork. And then I think I took it off private, my account off private after the show. And I think I had 38 or 40,000 people. In like a minute. Within like, yeah, a minute yeah. or two. And I was kind of, and then I think that that's one of my biggest problems. I had an email that week going, hey, Cam, so how much is it going to cost you to be the new face of this or this shoe company or this? And how are we going to fly to Melbourne four times and yeah. Sydney three times? And I'm like, I'm a fireman. This is Shiny not, things. Yeah, this, and I'm a fireman. This isn't even the job description. I have no idea yeah. how much this is like. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I'd come for free if you fly me. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've only flown a couple of times. Like, <laughs> but that's really interesting that you have acknowledged in yourself that it does kind of change the way you see the world yeah. for a little while and it does I was lucky to have the friends I had and yeah, so to they, pull you back. they did and you know they were upset at me for a while because I did miss a few things and I did miss a lot of parties and get togethers and such because I was always over east I was always busy that night you know I couldn't mm. have the day off work because I had the day off work the other week to go over to Melbourne and luckily enough that now I've kind of come to my senses a bit more they've all yeah. Come back They've and like, kind of forgiven you. <laughs> yeah, you bloody idiot. Like slap me over the head and kind of go, yeah, come on. Let's Cam's back. Let's go camping. Yeah, let's go. You know, it's, yeah. and I was like, my fa my family was the same. They were there the whole ride and, and it was good to be able to bounce ideas and things off them that, hey, I need to do this, but they, uh, this is on at the same time. What do I do? And they've kind of been a very moral compass, compass for me. Mm, that's, um, so that's why the people around you are so important mm. because I think you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with and you just need to be careful that those five represent where you actually want to go in your life yeah. or, or the values that you, you really care yeah. about. And it changes. I do change my five, but I probably, I've got this top 10 from school and we've been best friends for, that's so sweet. I mean, some of them, we had like a babysitter's club when we were kids. And so our parents oh did the God. babysitters at Tyler. So we're all very close and we've known each other for many years. And so no matter what I did, they always had me back. And that's, yeah, yeah the so beauty important. of it. You can meet them tomorrow anyway. Oh yeah, <laughs> on the boat. <laughs> what about, burnout with like that adrenaline pumping through you how have you learned to manage that in your job that firstly now you kind of have two jobs mm -hmm. like since the bachelor you've had these two worlds going on and then also working on shift cycles and stuff like how do you manage your, oh. your sleep and your adrenaline um if i have a big night at work i go home and i force myself to have a nap um i don't sleep particularly all during the day but i'll have at least a two or three hour nap mm -hmm. um i think getting rid of guilt of not doing anything I think you've, you said this before is like, it's, I can go home and I, I love anime. So I'll lay there for an entire day and watch 20 episodes of some childish cartoon show. And my family doesn't really get it, but I love that. I go and I'll lay on the couch and that is me done. And you know, I'll order Uber Eats or something. And that's, I complete my nothing day is a nothing day. And like, I won't see the sun, that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm starting to be okay with that. Whereas before I felt really guilty because, you know, you see all these other people and they wake up and go for the morning walk and they yeah. have coffee and they go <laughs> yeah. to work and they go and they, they, go green and juice. they do this afterwards. They go everything else. I'm like, and I do that. Like I am very healthy. I go to the gym every single day without fail. Um, 
and I box a couple of times a week at a boxing gym and I do all oh, these other things. we did a class that time. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. It's like I do, I'm very active and very fit. I do all the things, but around that, I have little pet projects and such I do, but I like to go, you know what? I'm, I have, I've started being better at recognizing I'm burnt out. I mm. have worked 90 something hours at fire, fire brigade this week in the past seven days sort of thing. And then I've also been to six events or four events and Jesus. then I've also done this and that. And, <laughs> and I kind of go, you know what? So today I'm going to watch 10 episodes of this anime and, <laughs> and <laughs> or, not feel bad. And not feel bad. I'm going to watch two movies and then I'm going to eat junk food and that's okay. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that now. It's, that's amazing. I'm good. Okay. That's literally, you've just answered my next question. And the whole next section is called play TA, which is my favorite one because it's when you find out, I think people find it really hard to separate their productive personalities mm-hmm. and like their achievey success selves. And then their selves that do what makes them happy independent of what they should do or okay. what, what looks good. I've ba- basically got ADD here. So, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I pace and so I, I can't sit down. Generally, I can't sit down. Like besides those dates where I allow myself, I can't sit down and do nothing. And so if I'm just wandering around the house, I'll be, you know, doing something. And then I'm, my mind's in three other places and I'll jump in the car and I'll drive somewhere and I'll go check on this. And I'll go pick this up from the post office and run across. And I try and fill my day completely with just stuff. stuff. And that's why I'm glad I've started getting pet projects of my own and, you know, working on presenting stuff and these other things. And, you know, you do have Instagram, you take some photos, you've got to pop past the office and check this on, mm. you know. So I've started getting a lot more, being better and being more productive because I was always busy, but... A lot of the time, not busy doing anything of note. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a big day. Yeah. <laughs> I've done nothing. I've done nothing. But I think the important thing is that you need to also find what's your play TA, which is just the thing that makes you happy. That's mm. separate to what you do, separate to your job. It doesn't has no productive outcome. Oh, that can be the gym. I can be there for an hour and a half and do nothing. Or your, <laughs> or your anime. Like oh, the anime, thing, yeah. The, the thing is that you can never control what makes you relax or what makes you happy, even though everyone else thinks it we- it's weird. Like mm. I love war history. What the hell? Like, oh, what's that got to do with anything? And like how anti is that? But I've just accepted that like... Greek mythology for me. Oh. Yeah, right? <laughs> like we all have those weird quirks of... Myth, yeah. myth understood? Have you listened to it yet? Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. But, so dorky. But that's, that, I think like asking people what they do when they're not working and they're not trying to like learn something or be productive. How do they play? What do, what do they do to make themselves happy? I love hearing that. It's, it's usually mm. something weird mm. or like kind of quirky or dorky, but <laughs> the more you let yourself do it, the happier you are in oh, everything yeah. you do. So I love that you watch anime. Like and that's yeah, so and the like least it does, it does bounce back Cause I watch so much anime and I go, Ooh, I had a really unproductive day yesterday. Like better come back hard now today. I'm motivated. And then I come really back and I go, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it works. So you read anime. What else do you do? Ooh, well, I want to drive an audio book a lot. <laughs> I podcast. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of mythology podcasts. That is so cool. Um, I love that. Just because, and you know, my family and my, you know, my girlfriend, no one gets why I listen to the mythology, but I love the idea that this is what they thought because they didn't understand the science behind this storm. So that's why they thought that, you know, the Titanomachy where the Greek gods fought the Titans. So that was from, they think from Vesuvius, you know, when the, the volcano erupted and all these storms were happening from the, the clouds and everything, oh they gosh. were like, wow, the gods must be angry and fighting. And that's how they explained it. And a lot of things, even modern day, you know, Christianity and the Roman gods, you know, they all came from other gods because they took over them along the way. And so all these, it's a lot of like kind of history and, and explanation of why people did what they did when they did them is mm-hmm. from their beliefs and their thoughts at the time. I love that you have that much knowledge about that because and how like, so this is what happens. I ask this question and then people say their random thing that makes them happy and their eyes sparkle because they're like so into (laughs) it for no reason. Oh God, don't ask me any of the Greek gods and I'll go on a rampage. Like, do you know that one time and Zeus rapes everyone and Zeus for some reason keeps turning into animals when he rapes people. It's just, he's weird. I'm so confused. (laughs) But Poseidon has horses. I don't know why, but yeah. (laughs) But like it's stuff that doesn't help you in your daily life at all, but you indulge it because it makes you happy. Oh, King, the King of useless facts anything useless that no one actually knows, like the population of Iceland, those sort of weird things. Who cares? But I've got the, I've got the fun facts. Because <laughs> this is why you and Nick are friends. <laughs> this is why we're friends. <laughs> All right. Very last, second last question. Oh, cool. What are the three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversation? I don't even know. Like pet peeves, allergies, party tricks, tattoos. Oh, I'm good at, like, like I said, like the party, the fun facts and such, but it's just anything useless that is a party trick I can do. I can shake my eyes. I can... What do you mean shake your eyes? I can eyes? play the didgeridoo with my hands. Oh, what? What? What do you mean you know with you your hands? That? I'm from a country what? school, so part of our, one of our... I know, I'm so concerned. I don't know what that means. All right, watch. <laughs> 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 no. So I'll, I'll do it. So, so I learned this in like, I think it was year 
three or four. <laughs> Sorry, I started unzipping my fly. And, and <laughs> <laughs> so inappropriate. <laughs> but no, no, so it was like year three or four. And so it was Indigenous Studies, which we did at our school. Um, and so we played didgeridoo with But what hand. do you mean with your hands? I'll, I'll show you how to do this. Oh, like without a didgeridoo? Whoa! <laughs> so, uh, Useless tricks. With a didgeridoo. With a didgeridoo. Yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's what I thought you meant. Yeah. That's amazing. But no, no, just That's like, a really good oh, one. Oh, party tricks. Like, honestly, any useless party trick I'm a master at. It's just what else you got? the king of useless. Oh, like whistle. I'm not sure I can do it with braces at the moment, but like, you know, whistling like a bird and um, do it, do it. honking at whistling, um, oh whistling gosh. with fingers, any fingers. or. Do you just practice like while you're waiting for jobs to come in? No, I'm just used to, I'm, I, honestly, it's one of those things like if you point out something, the most useless talent you could ever have that's never useful to anything, I'll always be able to go, oh, I could probably do that. Yeah. And just, and <laughs> Amazing. However, anything of use, like if you want me to, you know, write code or write it, do an email, you know, something properly, I'm like, I'm useless. But, but you can fight fires, so that's pretty useful. Oh, yeah. Put the wet stuff on the red stuff, I'm all over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And very last question, since I love quotes so much, what's your favourite quote? Oh, it's not a, probably won't be verbatim, but it's um I love the idea that a lion doesn't ask permission of a mouse. Oh, that's a good one. No one's done that one yet. Mm. Oh, I, I just like that. And like I think I've I've had a few friends go through and family go through rough times and they've kind of gone, you know, they've been shaken a lot by other people's thoughts and how they're feeling. I'm like, yeah, but you're a lion, like, who cares? Like mm. you and that's and it got me through a lot of things too, like even fire brigade and such. Being that guy that was on The Bachelorette, you know, it's not all roses and you do get some people coming at you and especially reality TV, people, you know, I think some, some famous, one of the famous host, hosts of one of the TV shows, like, yeah, but what a punts, like, who, who, he's a real five, he's a punts. I was like, yeah, but. Really? I don't, to be honest, I don't know. I couldn't care. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's yeah. the biggest attitude. I learned to have that thicker skin and not care as much what people think. And that's when, that's where I kind of got, I mean, it's, it's borderline arrogance, but it's not arrogance. You got to have that self-confidence going, oh, pff, blow it off. doesn't matter. Who yeah. cares? Like, do my thing. Don't, I can never, I've learned to not be angry at anyone who gives it anything a crack. I will be you know, judgy of anyone that does, has a crack. So that's kind of where that came from. That's such a good one. What a beautiful way to finish. <laughs> Thank you so much for no joining problem. and for the tour. No and worries. for the going up on a fire truck. It was like the best <laughs> day of my whole entire life. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm sorry. And I chewed happy your birthday. Ear off. Oh my God, that is exactly why you came on the show. <laughs> I wanted you to chew my ear off. And happy birthday. Thank you so happy much. Happy next decade. It's the best decade of your life. Oh God. Grain. <laughs> 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 Gosh, I find these chats so interesting. I love finding out the details of jobs that surround us, but that we often know very little about. If you enjoyed listening, please take a screenshot now while you're listening to share and tag at Cam Cranley to show him some love. If you get a moment, I'd also be so grateful if you'd leave a quick review so we can keep building this beautiful neighborhood. While we were over in Perth, I also managed to catch another dear friend and Red Cross legal officer who shares some other facets of the bushfire crisis for us to understand. So please make sure you're subscribed to get that episode first. Hope you're having an amazing week and is seizing your yay.